perfectly aged whiskey and a fine cigar. Paired with the camaraderie of friends, these two things capture the elegance and sophistication of a true gentleman. This is the Whiskey Smoke with Iwante Curry, a show that celebrates whiskeys, cigars, and the lifestyle that goes with it. Visit thewhiskeysmoke.com and follow the Whiskey Smoke on Instagram. The Whiskey Smoke with your host, Iwante Curry. Welcome back to the Whiskey Smoke. I'm your host, Yuante Curry. I have here with me today, Nicholas Talamantes, on-site manager for Four Roses. Uh, welcome, Nick. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. Anytime, sir. Uh, I see you brought a great collection of whiskey today. Could you tell us about what's on the table? Um, yeah. So brought um, the first three right there you see are our main core collection. Uh, we actually have the new package of our standard bourbon, uh, most commonly known as Yellow Label. We swapped it up. Um Put a tan label on there to match the rest of the line and gave everyone a cork. Uh, we got the small batch, which is our 90-proof offering. Uh, it's comprised of four of our recipes. And then we have um, our standard single-barrel 100-proof offering, which will be our – and we'll talk a little later down the road, but that is our OBSV recipe, uh, bottled at 100-proof, like I said. And then the three on the right are a little bit um, more special guys. Um, we've got two private store picks, um, two of my favorite stores that we've got out there. Um, we got Premier. Uh, they did a eight-year, eleven-month OESK a barrel strength pick. Then we have um, the Pig Father Two, which comes from um, the world-famous Blind Pig up in Cyprus. Uh, that is their OBSV, and that is an eight-year, two-month pick. And then, last but not least, is our limited edition single barrel barrel strength, and that is most commonly known as Elliott Select. So that is a fourteen-year, and that's let me check the recipe on that one. I always forget. Uh, yeah, 14-year OESK. That's a great offering you brought us today. Mm-hmm. So, Nick, I just want to dive into it. You know, I've known you. I met you at an event you hosted at your house, and there was a bunch of bourbon on the table, an incredible <laughs> offering. And that was the first time I'd ever met you. And, you know, you were very welcoming and inviting and welcoming to your house, someone you never knew. What prompted you to, you know, host whiskey tastings at your house like that? Um, That one was a little impromptu. Um, uh, Brent Collins, a guy who was very active in uh, Houston Bourbon Society and Bourbon Hounds of Houston uh, the, um, up there on the internet. Uh, it was kind of a going away party for him. A lot of people were tossing back and forth like, oh, no, nah, you know, it's too busy this weekend at my house. You know, wife's going to kill me. And I was like, oh. I was like, I don't have those situations right now. So um, I was like, y'all are more than welcome to come over. It's like it was inner city central location. Uh, I got a big backyard at the time. So I said, sure, everyone I was like, got plenty of whiskey and everyone brought plenty of themselves as well. Yes, it was. I saw almost the entire Old Forester birthday bourbon line. I saw several <laughs> bottles of blends. It was just your who's who of whiskey on the table. And, you know, the thing that I love about getting together with groups is that no one is like, OK, just one ounce now, just one. Announce, you know, oh, yeah. don't pour anymore. It was just a great sharing event, and then you had an incredible selection of food, and then we smoked on the patio, and just a bunch of gentlemen talking about gentlemanly stuff. But <laughs> more along the lines of, you know, sharing. You know, now that you're a on-site premise manager, you know, tell us about that because our listeners want to know more about the whiskey lifestyle. Not only just the lifestyle, but there are actually jobs available in whiskey. So not only does he work in whiskey, he drinks it too and all of that. So talk about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically a dream job for a whiskey lover. Uh, I've uh, got a long history of background of bars and restaurants and, and running them on a management level. Um, 
But I mean, as most people know, that's that's a taxing life. Uh, it was getting home late, getting up early, and not a lot of family time. So um, at the time, I was looking to make a change in my life about four years ago now, or four or five years ago now. And there's a great opportunity at um, the local, one of the local distributors, Republic National Distributing Company. Uh, started doing um, on-premise sales with them, which is basically representing um, their portfolio of products uh, to the bars, uh, suggesting new product placements, uh, menus, cocktails, recipes, all kinds of different stuff. Um, and then from that point, uh, moved into the retail spirit sales with Republic. Um, and so just basically calling on the liquor stores, doing the same stuff. And then I uh, had a great opportunity presented to me from Four Roses Bourbon. Um, R&DC is a big fan. I love them. Uh, but Four Roses has been a big, big uh, favorite bourbon of mine for a very long time. Uh, the small batch right there in the middle is actually one of the bourbons that prompted me, like, really diving in and getting into, you know, just you're not your normal run-of-the-mill bourbon. Um, so when they came calling, it was kind of a no-brainer for me to – you know, say, hey, yes, I'll come do sales for you guys. Um, so, again, the basic aspects of my job is I now focus solely on Four Roses business. Uh, about 80% of my time is spent um, in the on-premise, which is, again, bars, restaurants, hotels, anywhere you consume and buy drinks um, at the establishment. Uh, then I have a small retail focus as well, basically um, reaching out to our high-volume accounts that, you know, we uh, – so basically account management and uh, taking care of our private barrel customers. Okay. So with the private barrel customers, mm-hmm. you know, lots of people are, are starting to want their own personal selection of bourbon. Mm-hmm. And some people think it's easy and some people think it's hard. Could you give us some clarification on, you know, selecting a bourbon, a private selection and what that entails? Um, sure. So a bef- little background info before we start into that one. Um, it's a good time just to go ahead and lay out like kind of what makes Four Roses Four Roses. Um, most other bourbon companies out there, you're going to see they um, they produce their different products using one, maybe two mash bills, one, maybe two different yeast strains. Uh, what we do is we actually have two completely separate uh, mash bill recipes that we use, and then we team those up with five individual yeast strains. Each of those yeasts are focused on producing uh different aromas, char- uh, flavor characteristics uh, during the fermentation stage. And that carries over uh, through distillation, and you can tell the big differences between each of the bourbons we make. So we actually do make 10 completely different bourbons. Um, we use those um, starting in our core line of the Four Roses uh, Standard Bourbon. Well, it's, uh, like I said, bottled at 80 proof, uh, comprised of up to all 10 of those bourbons at any given time. It just, you know, depends on uh, the flavor profile. Um, our uh, 90 proof offering, the small batch, will uh, be contained uh, with four of those recipes, and it's always the same four. So we'll have two bourbons of each of the mash bills, and then we'll have a light spice and a delicate and rich fruit um, yeast strains that are involved in those. So we use um, the super spiciness of our mash bill. Um, our high rye mash bill is 35% rye, and even our low rye mash bill is 20% rye, which is still very, very high for um, a rye content in a bourbon. So we have a signature spiciness, but we use that um, the fermentation in the yeast to really round out and bring out some fruitier characteristics. Um, and then our single barrel will always be OBSV. Okay. So it's our high rye mash bill, uh, delicate fruit on the uh, on the yeast strain. Uh, but so where it gets difficult, everyone's like, oh, it's, I'm just going to go pick out a barrel. Um, a lot of people, um, 
use our yeast codes that you can look up on the internet and be like, oh, I want a low rye mash bill and I want, you know, the herbal notes um, from the yeast strain. But it's not, you just don't call it head and you're like, yo, I want 10 of these uh, barrels laying out. Let me, let me pick through them. Um, what we do is we first, uh, the stocks that we have available, um, two are pretty much never picked for uh, single barrels just because they're always being used for small batch and we don't want to take away from the stock. But we'll lay out generally six to seven um, individual um, uh, bourbon codes that we have, and we blind taste. Okay. So we don't let uh, people, like I said, call, people call what they're going to uh, try to pick. Um, they'll pick through them, and then we, um, we'll get their label, their logo, all that good stuff once they decide on it. And then it'll be bottled at barrel strength that they picked it at, um, non-chill filtered. It'll only go through just a small filter just to pull out barrel char. Um, it's not, we're not doing anything to alter the flavor to it. So it's just straight up uh, just for cosmetic. They pull out the uh, barrel char. And that's very interesting. And for my viewers, I'm sorry, for my listeners, rather, <laughs> you know, you can see me on YouTube if you're, if you're looking. But for <clears throat> my listeners that don't know about, you know, selecting a barrel and how they go through it, could you tell them about the process and possibly a cost? Because uh, a lot of people think it's just like, I have a lot of money. I'll just go buy a barrel <laughs> and then, you know, I'll share it with my friends. And it's just not that simple. And Yeah. So first off, um, if you're a private customer, so just like a general consumer, you know, you don't own a store, you don't own a restaurant. Uh, the way to get your own barrel of whiskey is to you're going to have to clear it through um, a retail store. So go to your local mom and pop and be like, hey, you know, I'm interested in purchasing a barrel of whiskey. And then oftentimes um, they're willing to go in on it with you. Be like, yeah, we'll help you. But, you know, let us keep some cases for ourselves. You know, we'll help cover the cost um, for you as well. Um, generally, what you're looking at on the retail aspect side of it, standard MSRP on that is $64.99 a bottle. Um, I've seen batches range anywhere from 72 bottles uh, per barrel. So a very, very short barrel all the way up to, I think, um, 180 something was one of the most recent ones that I've seen. So, again, so you're looking at yield. Yeah. So, yeah. so we look at yield. Um, we're not charging you per barrel. So it's whatever we get out of it is what you get charged. Okay. Uh, so it could be pretty inexpensive. It could also get up into the ten, twelve thousand dollar $12,000 range very, very quickly. So we're talking about all this stuff and you've brought out such a great selection, but I want to know, you've reviewed your resume with us. Why whiskey? What about whiskey made you decide this is the thing I want to do? This is the drink I want to drink. This is the career I want for myself. Tell us about that. So when I was um, at the distributorship, I um, was blessed to be able to sell um, you know, some uh, brown foreman products. So some of the greatest selling whiskeys and bourbons out on the market. So Jack Daniels, Woodford, Old Forester. Um, and just kind of how I am with um, my approach to sales is when I go in to you know, sell you a product or consult with you on a product, I need to have this background. I need to be able to come in there and talk intelligently with you on what I'm you know, bringing you. So I started learning and reading and, you know, going to different tasting events and just becoming more acclimated to the bourbon world. And in the process, I mean, just kind of like getting to know a female. I fell in love. <laughs> I like that, getting to know a female, fell yeah. in love. So I'm sure you've met some great people as of I. I mean, I met you in, through so whiskey. Many. And I mean, yeah. what is it about whiskey that just, just a great equalizer to you? To, to me, I think the whiskey is a great equalizer simply because you know like everyone can share some of the things that they went through in their life over a glass of whiskey what's, what's your thoughts on it 
I'm pretty much right there with you. It's um, a bar is basically a modern day um, table. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, you uh, you become friends with the people that come to that bar. You all have your favorite drinks. Uh, it's a time when people just come around, they gather, and they, they talk about life, talk about the world, and that's uh, I think it's a, a positive inf- influence. Um, on the community out there. I mean, just look at the groups like HBS and all the other uh, groups that are now popping up um, throughout Texas and you know, even the national stuff. It's, it's people come together over a common item and they discuss that common item, but also great friendships um, spur from that. I mean, there's quite a bit of guys that, um, you know, I've become very good friends with, you know, on par with some of my very good friends from college. Um, it's, it's, so it's, it's a great um, commonality to have with people. Well, that's great. Uh, well, guys, we're going to continue with Nicholas Talamantes after a short break. This is the Whiskey Smoke with Yuante Curry. Get more whiskey and scar news, trends, reviews, and more at thewhiskeysmoke.com. You're listening to the Whiskey Smoke on Vinyl Draft Radio. We're back with Nicholas Talamantes here on the Whiskey Smoke. Thank you, Nick, again for bringing this large selection of whiskey. Uh, so, Four Roses, uh... Wow, man, I've had a chance to visit Four Roses in Kentucky, and every time I went from place to place in the warehouse, from the Rick House to tasting the mash and just the on-premise, just beautiful. Like, if you've never been to Four Roses, when you go to Four Roses, every rose bush has four roses cut. Like, someone took their time to cut each one of these rose buds to exactly four, and they're all beautiful. But... I digress. So let's just talk about, you know, where Four Roses is heading. Okay. Um, so some quick background info on us. Um, you can tell on it's written on every bottle. Um, established 1888, so that's when we were trademarked. Um, the little uh, the marketing story behind it, obviously, is um, how we got our name. The original founder, John Paul Jones, fell in love with a Southern Belle. Uh, he wanted her hand in marriage, and he proposed many, many times. She said no. So finally, one of her responses was, if I'm going to accept your proposal, I'll show up to the ball this weekend wearing a corsage of four roses. So super short, simple, right to the story on how we um, got our name. Um, We were one of the few bourbons that actually were produced all through uh, Prohibition. We had a medicinal license. Um, we've got a lot of super cool stuff around the distillery, like actual prescriptions, different bills of lading showing we're shipping uh, during that time. So we have legitimate factual evidence of this. Um, and then coming out of the war, we were actually uh, the number one bourbon being produced in America. Um, at the time, it caught the uh, eye of Seagram's and Sons. They purchased us. And then in the 50s, they canceled all domestic um, sales of our uh, Kentucky straight bourbon and shipped it um, overseas. So it became export only. So Japanese, European markets, uh, that was a big boom over there, and they wanted to capitalize on it, um, leaving only um, blended whiskey for uh, the American consumers. So as you know, uh, for those who don't know who are listening, uh, comprised mainly of grain neutral spirit flavored with our bourbon. Um, there's actually some fun backstory too. Was while Seagram's owned us, uh, we were a large um, component of the original recipe of Crown Royal. So there's a lot of Four Roses bourbon in those Seagram's and Sons uh, Crown Royal bottles. Um, so going through all of that in 2002, um, once 
the sell off of Seagram's and Sons was done after they went bankrupt. Um, Kieran Brewing bought us. So they were um, our importer in Japan and they decided they wanted to purchase the company. So in purchasing us, they purchased our two mash bills, the distillery. Um, they picked the five best yeasts that they thought we had. Um, and then they also purchased um, our bottling and warehouse facility, which is down in Cox's Creek. So it's actually 50 miles away from the distillery. So we tank everything, ship it down there, um, and tankers three, uh, three loads a day. Um, right now, we just um, wrapped up a distillery expansion, about $90 million, uh, between the distillery and the bottling facility. So we doubled everything. We doubled the fermenters. We doubled the, the column still. We doubled the pot still. So, so you guys are trying to catch up with demand in it, with, your, with your supply. Yes. So we've actually, most people throw the allocated term around for, you know, your BTAC, your PAPI, you know, lines like that. But small batch and single barrel for the last couple of years have actually been technically on an allocated basis per state. Um, it's been pretty tough to keep up, but now that we've got the distillery uh, churning on all cylinders for the most part, um, we're letting out more. So it's, it's easy uh, for us to play catch up at this point. So since you guys are catching up, will there be any other special releases? I know you guys did the L young not too long ago mm-hmm. and uh, annually you guys do the Elliott select and, Will there be any other, you know, one-offs that Four Roses is releasing soon, or this is something that we possibly can't talk about on air? Uh, it's something we possibly can't talk about on air. Um, there's been some ideas kicked around. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, just I hear rumors. Um, but one thing that is for sure, uh, we'll hopefully get back into doing um, the Elliott Select. So we do uh, – up to two years ago, we would do a, a single barrel um, limited edition every year, um, as, long, as well as a small batch limited edition. Um, but since we are having such a hard time keeping up the single barrel stock, uh, we decided not to do um, the Elliott Select for the past couple of years. But it's something we want to bring back for sure. Okay. And that 130-year offering, tell us about that. So the 130th anniversary limited edition. Um, so every five years, we'll coin it, you know, the anniversary. Um, but... It's simply, it's um, a four recipe small batch that we put out. It'll never be under 10 years old for the youngest whiskey that's in there. Um, but mixing it all in there, um, we play with the, the bourbon codes at that point. So while we always have the same four in this small batch, mm-hmm. we open it up to Brent and um, our sensory panel to really uh, play with the bourbons and, and mold and sculpt something that's new. And those yeast strains really are what help us be able to do that. So I'm starting to get a lot of emails about cocktails with bourbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Four Roses has a 10 different expressions. And tell us about, uh, is there a specific Four Roses cocktail that you're familiar with that, you know, that you see pretty much at most of your locations on premise? Well, I mean, a lot of our um, accounts that we use, uh, Four Roses is standard old-fashioned. Um, there's some one-off cocktails out there that a lot of bartenders will reach out and Put their expertise or spin behind like right now um, for this weekend at um, Heights Beer Garden. So Worcester's Annex uh, is the spirit side of that. Um, they're running for the Halloween weekend. Um, they're using our single barrel in a cocktail, mm-hmm. um, but it's going to be a blueberry sour. So it's going to be a sour style drink, uh, but they're uh, incorporating blueberries. Oh, nice. And um, the what I've been told, I haven't tasted it yet, but uh, light and fluffy is the notes that they're Light put. and fluffy. How did like they come a, up with that? Like a muffin. So <laughs> I'm pretty pumped. Um, my other favorite um, all-time bourbon cocktail is a lion's tail. Um, and... 
one of the best ones I had was actually ended up being last night and it was in frozen form. So it came out of a frozen machine. Um, and this was at Lady Birds. Um, and some people would have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's basically bourbon, Angostura bitters, um, lime juice, simple syrup. Um, and, and it's frozen. in uh, allspice dram. So, and it was frozen last night. And it was frozen. So like a frozen margarita came right out of a little machine. Oh, wow. That's pretty different. I <laughs> so, never, I no, never it's, that. It was the best spin I've ever seen put on it. Okay. It was delicious. Uh, right. Yeah. Ladybirds and Presidio are big supporters of us, and they do a lot of innovative things with our brands down okay. there. All right. Well, cool. Uh, so you drink a lot of whiskey. Do you ever get tired of it? Um, I us say I get tired of it. Uh, but it is, it's good every day. Because, I mean, I'm a big neat drinker for the most part. Um, but we're in Texas. I, yeah. like, I like things to be cold. So at that point, um, I'll either throw a nice big cube into it, you know, if it's, um, you know, like a nicer, higher-end uh, type bourbon. I don't know. We only drink Four Roses, by the way. People think, oh, just because you work for them, that's all you drink. Uh, you should you see my collection. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I, I like to stay out there just so I can talk intelligently on other products with people and they know I'm not just, you know, pushing my brand on them just because it's, you know, all that I know. So I want people to understand that I have a wide um, whiskey knowledge as well. That's good. Uh, speaking of wide whiskey knowledge, if I was a Four Roses newbie, mm-hmm. which I'm not, how would you start me off? So I started off with Small Batch, like I said earlier. Um as far as our inter- as far as our innovations are concerned, um, we came with the bourbon, came back in O2, um, and then single barrel was actually the second thing that we put out. O6 um, is when we released the uh, small batch. Um, but I still would probably um, let people start neat on the small batch. The 80 proof is unbelievable. It's great for mixing cocktails, has a lot of flavor for being 80 proof. I feel like a lot of people sleep on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand at the same time, if you're trying to go for that boozy cocktail, you're not going to the whiskey go for is, 80 proof. Yeah, it's not generally what people grab. Um, but yeah, neat. I still think that um, our, our small batch is the way to start. And so far as the the private selections and uh, you know your single barrel, mm-hmm. are all your single barrels, unless they're a private selection, going to be the same mash bill? Yes, okay. they will always be the same recipe, same yeast code. Okay. And they'll always be 100 proof. We're going to talk more with Nicholas in just a second. So stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. Pour yourself another and follow us on Instagram at The Whiskey Smoke. The Whiskey Smoke with Yuante Curry. The Whiskey Smoke with Yuante Curry. Brought to you by El Cubano Cigars. Blended by Cubans. Handmade in Texas. Welcome back to the Whiskey Smoke, guys. We have Nicholas Talamantes here, and we're going to talk about the lifestyle of whiskey. We talked about his career. We talked about his resume. We talked about his brands. Now we're going to talk about stuff that we normally talk about as guys that we probably wouldn't talk about, you know, or you probably wouldn't hear anywhere else. So let's have it. Uh, I've been drinking. I've spent a lot of money on bourbon, and (laughs) it's one of those things where, you know, you chase this bottle, you chase this bottle, and then you get this bottle, and sometimes you're pumped, and sometimes you're not. How, how, what kind of experience you've had with chasing a bottle? I mean, we've all done it. Uh, when it you, sounds bad, chasing a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when, when, when you're new uh, to the to the world, and you got that excitement, and you know you want what you know hard to find, sought after, what all the stuff that people put up there on pedestals. 
Um, but as time wears on, money wears on, because you're spending all this money trying to find these bottles, um, you start to settle back down to earth and realize that for 30 bucks and below, 50 bucks and below, there are some great everyday bourbons on the shelf. I mean, there's good stuff, you know, running around knee level that you can grab. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the chase is always there. I've personally have given up. Um, but it's also, I, I've got a little different edge than your average consumer. You know, I'm seeing retailers every day. I've dealt with retailers every day for the past few years. So, you know, you, you develop friendships and that's, right. that's what it's kind of all about. Relationships you know? is everything in the whiskey world. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And not only is relationships, everything in the whiskey world, but if you drink enough whiskey, you will start picking up weight. And let me tell you, <laughs> I've picked up some weight and I won't say that I'm complaining about it so far as enjoying the process, but at some point, you know, yeah, there it is, that million-dollar sound. At some point, you got to start working out. Have, have you ever had any weight problems with whiskey, or is it just me? Because I found that the more I drink, the less active I've become. So, yes. Um, I mean, I'm sitting in your chair right now, poor chair. Um, I'm sitting about 262. You don't have of, that kind of insurance if you're breaking that. I know, as of this morning. Um, but... It's a little bit, it's, it's kind of just the lifestyle. I wouldn't blame it just on the whiskey. Um, I mean, it's not, I mean, to my knowledge, extremely high. I mean, I'm not looking at the nutrition facts on whiskey, but um, it's not super, super high calorie. But, I mean, we drink enough we of drink it enough to of where it. Yeah. it can get there in a heartbeat. I mean, if you do a half a bottle type of night, you know, that's dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, I've. I've struggled with that a little bit, um, but it's kind of like my lifestyle. Um, when I was back in the retail world, I'm not out in the bars every day and, you know, having to go to events. Uh, it's a lot easier to eat clean, you know, have one, two at home, call it a night. But, I mean, just like last night alone, like we went out to support a bar uh, who's featuring our cocktails. Uh, I was at Ladybirds with those lion's tails. I had four or five of them. Got some trash food while I was there just because, you know. It was there? To, just to eat it. Yeah. I wasn't hungry. I just ordered food because something told me I was hungry. Um, that's that's where it comes from. But, I mean, I basically work out so I don't end up 400 pounds. <laughs> yeah. You got to kind of have some kind of working regimen going because, you know, with all of the friends that I've met through doing whiskey and, you know, hosting whiskey events and just drinking with random people, there's always someone offering you in a drink. And it's just never one drink. I've never been offered just one drink. And since it's never just one drink, it's like, oh, man, don't leave. Have some more. You yeah, know? And, and that's the lure. Yeah. Oh, man, just one. Yeah. Or meet me. No, it's never that way. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, we had one. It's like, oh, no, no, one more. It always ends up being one more. Um, but knowing that that's what we're going to get into, like, I try to work out in the morning. Um, wake up early, get it done, get it out of the way. Because if you try to go in the afternoon – and what I'm doing, chances are you've had a drink already at that point. Right. And I swear there's something about it. Once the whiskey touches my lips, any thought of going out to just work out is gone. Just, yeah. yeah I, I have canceled. zero. Yeah, it's gone. So let me tell you about my new workout regimen. Okay. So I proposed, well, a friend of mine proposed this to me, and I think it's going to work out for me. You know, grab a broomstick, chop off both ends, tape a bottle to one end, tape a bottle to the next end, you know, one curl. <laughs> to curl, open the bottles, the weight gets less and less. All jokes aside, it was funny, and I might just put it on Instagram <laughs> as a post. But, you know, you got to have some kind of workout regimen to, you know, offset the lifestyle because the lifestyle is a, and a lifestyle of abundance, and 
before you know it, you'll be abundantly heavy. Yeah, and it's not like we're running around drinking. You're sitting in a chair somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> not exactly burning calories. For hours on end, depending on where you're going. And if you go to like one of these, what, like a meet or something where, you know, at Nicholas Talamante's house and there's <laughs> almost 200 bottles on one table, you know, and a few on the floor. I'm surprised that table didn't collapse, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, man, it was amazing. But speaking of that, you know, We've been places and, you know, people are drinking. And I want to say this almost every show, you know, because there are people that I've seen, they've went too far mm-hmm. and they end up driving, you know. So just want to tell everybody, if you're going to decide to drive, I'm not your parent, but if you're going to decide to drive, just Uber, you know. 100%. You know, so. That's that's a good that's a good thing. And that's a big reason why I love the company I work for. It's. If, if you plan on being out or you go have multiple promos or you got to go see people, they go park the car, put your company card on the Uber. Like, we'll take care of it. Like, they're all about us being safe. Cause especially in what I do, you get a DWI, you're done. Yeah. No one's going to hire you. Right. No one's going to hire you. So. And then for those listening, you know, you get a DWI, then, you know, no one's ever going to want to drink with you either because <laughs> now they know that you can't take care of yourself. You're you can't be an adult. You know, you're not good at adulting. But uh, I would just say just to keep on going on that whole drinking and driving thing because I'm talking about it because someone I know just got a DUI and they're in some serious trouble. But the thing with that is, you know, just be responsible because we want to see you at other events drinking with us again, you know. So just going forward, just be responsible. Yep. Now that we got all that out the way and the public <laughs> service announcements done, I mean, parties, you know. Have you seen parties go upscale a lot more now that, that we're, we're – Talking whiskey, everybody's talking whiskey, everybody's talking bourbon. Have you seen parties up their game so far as selection of whiskey when people come over? Uh, house parties? Yes. No. No. <laughs> That's because everyone invites me and expects me to bring it. <laughs> oh, well, I need to put you on the list then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I've seen some people get in, uh, you know, higher-end whiskey. Uh, you know, the general public is obviously catching up. People are becoming more educated. Um, I mean, I fight with my friends all the time in a group chat. They're like, oh, man, this stuff's so good. I'm like, actually, you're drinking trash whiskey. <laughs> so be, People don't even want to be like, hey, Nick, is this good? Because I'm be like, no. <laughs> that, that knowledge base, you know, it, it intimidates people because, you know, now what they think is, you know, the bomb, you know, it's just incredible. You're just like, nah, not so much. Yeah, but, so I, I try to. I try not to say that anymore. I'm like, yeah, but it's not my favorite, but so you got you know, no PC on, but it. it's a good, you know, quality product, but it's just, I don't enjoy it. Yeah. That's what I say now. So, you know, what does Nick enjoy besides four roses? So I am a avid Jack drinker as well. What? I'd have never guessed it. <laughs> so I, I wasn't before selling it and then I got more and more acclimated to it and the flavor profile and it's completely different. I mean, there's nothing like it out there. Um, so I, I do enjoy that. I mean, they put out great offerings with their rye, um, their single barrel rye, uh, their barrel proof that they've been putting out lately is, you know, the private picks that are just like rolling out of the distillery now are incredible. Um, I'm a weeder fan. So as well, so makers, Weller, I've always been fans of the, uh, both of those, um, kind of, I'm a big EH Taylor fan. Okay. Uh, kind of closet on that one. Um, I've, quietly hoard barrel proofs <laughs> oh, so you have all one through six i don't have one through six though um but i do quietly hoard that um, i mean i jump around i drink everything i mean yeah. you know high west enjoy the stuff that they're putting out there um i mean even um 
uh, was it William Grant's new bourbon? They put a fistful, fistful of, of bourbon. bourbon. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's it's the price point is excellent. Yeah, it's a great price point. Um, you know, it's they disclose very informatively as to what it is, so mm-hmm. you know what you're getting into going into it. And I, you know, it's not the greatest whiskey in the world, but it tastes good. Yeah, so, I mean, they blended it well. Yeah, they know? did. They did a good job. So. So, uh, back to that whole Jack Daniels thing. I like the banana profile <laughs> on Jack Daniels too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on which one you get to me, sometimes it's, you can, you can smell Jack Daniels before you even taste it. But what is your favorite in the Jack Daniels line? Is it Sinatra Select? Uh, um, right now I, I'm going to hover with, um, the barrel proof. Okay. Um, and what's really cool about it too, is if, um, if you grab a bottle of vanilla extract off of the shelf, either in your in your pantry or at the grocery store, and you run down it, that stuff's high proof. It's very high proof of vanilla extract that's out there. But no one's going to drink it, so they don't make it be sold in a liquor store. Um, I've started for breakfast or baking, stuff like that, subbing in um, Jack, Daniels. Jack Daniels Barrel Proof. Instead of vanilla Instead extract. of vanilla extract, yeah, because you get a lot of that vanilla, but at the same time you get that nice banana flavor to it. Uh, it's got that good sweetness, so it's it's great for I mean, good. that's an excellent concept because I'm always French toast kills. French toast mm-hmm. with Jack Daniels instead of it's not an extract. I'll yeah. try that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always looking to try different things with food that's related to whiskey. And, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about doing lately is just finding a barrel from some distributor or some manufacturer you know, that had bourbon in it and then just cutting it up and putting it on the grill to, you know, grill either a steak or, you know, some other cut of meat, pork chop or something like that and see if the stave releases any, you know, devil's cut into my meat, you know, so. I believe there's out there already. I believe that there are like stave briquettes out there that you can buy if I'm not mistaken. Um, But I mean, that's still a cool idea to cut up a wet barrel. Um, but also what we do, uh, like just for trade shows, just so people can get the essence of like what our barrel char smells like is we'll just take some single barrel and we'll dump it on there. Um, and then you can probably easily just throw that over coals as well and get the same smoke. That's pretty impressive. So, uh, any other things you do with whiskey that you cook with, you know, since we're on this cooking segment? Um, I personally don't, um, I kind of leave all that to, to my girlfriend. <laughs> She's a heck of a cook, so I, I let her do her thing. Breakfast is my specialty. She kind of has got all the other bases covered. Um, so that's why I like to use that, like, in the French toast or, you know, different baking world um, things. Um, but always good recommendations for bourbon is, I mean, it goes hand-in-hand with bread pudding. You yeah. know, bread pudding sauces uh, go great. We actually had one this uh, past week. I was up in Kentucky um, for – some we had to go up to the distillery for some meetings, and the lunch they provided was um, it was a chocolate bread pudding, and it was uh, you could smell the whiskey, and it was good. I'm shocked being from Texas, you know, being in Texas, you know, that you didn't just say Jack Daniels and barbecue sauce. I dump half a bottle of Jack Daniels in my barbecue sauce, I spin it around, base it, you know. But I'm always looking for recipes with whiskey because you know, since I love it so much, and it's a big part of you know what I do, you know both online and, you know, with friends, I want to show people, hey, look, not only is this stuff good to drink by itself, but it goes great with food. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, what else do you think your whiskey goes great with? This is on the spot question for everybody that's listening. Life. <laughs> oh, he went there. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It gets you through the highs and the lows. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it'll take you to a low, depending on what you've had. So. Especially if you drive. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's a $10,000 plus penalty. Pro, that's a pro tip. <laughs> yep. So I've had several of these bottles now, and, you know, my tongue is really starting to, to weigh heavily on me. And so for my last election, dealer's choice. Well, you started with Dealer's Choice. <laughs> um, man, that Pig Father's good. Um, I was trying to find the, the original release that they did, uh, which is unreal. Like, it's very, very good. Um, like they, they do great things. They've gotten very lucky with some great barrels to pick from. Um, so I'm, I'm pumped for anything that ever comes out from uh, Blind Pig for sure. Um, starting to work my way around the more uh, other I've hoarded picks from around the city in the last couple of weeks. I'm having people mule them all over the place. Um, all right. I don't want to send you back to 80 proof, uh, just cause it's, that's too much of a dip. Um, but honestly give the single barrel a try. Just go straight hundred proof. Hold up. Wait, there's one that's not open. Hold on. Oh, oh it's, it's, it's the label's been open. Yeah. Oh. So that's a premier pick and that one's pretty tasty. That's, um, my third bottle of that one. Oh, wow. So yeah. it's third. So this must be where he's trying it's to point me. Pretty good. Yeah. So I, I, I take a take a swig off of that one. All right. Let's take his recommendation. And now for the taste test. All right. So this one is aged eight years, 11 months. Premier Fine Wine and Spirits. OESK profile. Spicy and full body. Let's check it out. Mm-hmm. That, my friend, is delicious. The nose is incredible. Lots of caramel. Don't get me to nerd out over here. <laughs> yeah. It's possible with these barrel strength picks. They're good. Um, and I mean, even Chris Hart uh, has been putting them out there. Um, so we do offer private picks as well of our single barrel 100 proof. So it will be a proof down version of the barrel you pick, but most of those are extremely delicious because you're getting a uh, taste, uh, you know, just the premier premiere of the OBSV lines. So it's very, very good stuff. So question for you, since you're, you know, getting picks from all over town, mm -hmm. have you ran the gambit of all 10 picks from, from different uh, barrel picks? I haven't. I believe I'm short three. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm trying. Uh, I'm thinking I wouldn't have to lean out of state uh, to get some shipped in uh, or carried in yeah. <laughs> for the legalities. Um, just to, But, yeah, I mean, I, I want to go through and do it. I, I think it would be – I know we did a fun tasting like that at the Whiskey Social this year. I unfortunately wasn't able to attend. I was out of town. Um, but it's it's just super cool to be able to do that. It you know, it makes our stuff very, very collectible. And one thing that I'm pretty pumped and proud about um, is these picks are getting such good, you know, praise on, you know, the interweb and all that. But like you said, I mean, that's, that was, that's only an eight year whiskey that you're drinking there. Right. You know, it's great. I mean, it's so many, I think it, it just breaks through that, that notion of, you know, age denotes quality, which it doesn't, especially in the bourbon world. Cause you never know what that barrel is going to do. Um, so it's, I'm pretty excited to see people like getting real, um, be happy with our eight, our seven year um, bourbons that are coming out there. Because prior to that, most of them are 10, 11, 12. There's a 14 running around there. I'm trying to get my hands on <laughs> uh, just to just to really see you know the differences. Because uh, what's different, uh, uh, kind of one thing that I didn't touch on that we do is 
to my knowledge, and by any means, please, someone let you want to know if I'm wrong, um, we're the only distillery that uses single-story uh, warehouses. So most of these guys uh, use the big monstrosities. The big right, right yeah. And doing that, you get those massive temperature swings everyone talks about. So, you know, you're, you're top to bottom, and you're getting a lot of different barrel interactions. Ours is only six barrels high. So not very tall at all. Uh, we see eight degree difference from top to bottom, whereas the larger warehouses can see on average about 40 degree like temperature swings. Mm-hmm. So we get a much more mellow age on the things that we're doing. Um, again, we're kind of letting our recipe talk for itself as opposed to the barrel, which is kind of like what you see get, being done in Scotland. Like they are prideful of, you know, the grains that they put in there and their ability to blend. It's not so much barrel interaction that they're relying on. So two quick nerd questions. First mm-hmm. nerd question. Yeah. Do you guys do anything special with the barrel char? Because I've noticed that over pretty much, any, no matter the, even the age statement, Four Roses looks almost the same in color every time. It's crazy. It, you you see very few picks that are extremely dark. I mean, like I said, we're sitting here. You got a 14-year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a lot darker than a standard offering, of course. Yeah, but that's five and a half years. But it's still, it's not a huge, huge, a huge difference. Yeah. But you see this one. And this one actually is darker, and that's only eight year. So it's no, we don't do anything special with the uh, the barrels. It's I believe um, we get them all from an independent stave company, like the biggest. I don't even know. If I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. Let's <laughs> do it right now. Yeah, cut it, cut it. <laughs> um, we get it from one of the biggest barrel suppliers in America, um, and it's all. Uh, uh, Level char for level four char. So okay, stand, so that's like an alligator char. Yeah, it's sta- yeah. standard barrel. You okay, know, nothing crazy. Uh, another thing, would we ever see like a orphan barrel release from Four Roses? Because I mean, this is a fourteen year old. It's not mm-hmm. your standard. So you know, if it is a if there is an orphan barrel ever found, I don't know if you could actually call it that because of the marketing behind the actual orphan barrel. But if there is ever a lost barrel. Will the Four Roses do something different with that? Or what do you think? So That could be a difficult question. I've asked that question, and I get brushed off a lot. Um, I, I don't think the, that that's their style. Um, it's not the way that Kieran does things. That's mm-hmm. why you don't see a lot of innovation out of us. I mean, like I said, 2006 was the last time we innovated and brought out a new brand. So it's that's just really not Kieran's style okay. um, as far as our parent company, in my opinion, is concerned. Um, so... I would probably venture to say no. Um, I know the oldest whiskey, I think, that we've ever used in a blend um, that we've released to the public was the Al Young. And I think um, it was a 23-year, I believe, was in that small batch that they put out. Um, But it was a very small percentage at that. Cool. Uh, Let's see what else I could possibly think of because I want to make sure that I ask every question that I can possibly get out of you because I'm such a Four Roses fan. (laughs) Thank Uh, you. With the limited releases of the Elliott Select and Al Young and supply and things like that, mm-hmm. what's your forecast on possibly seeing additional releases? I know you said that you guys had, did a, a halt for a while, but are we looking at a year, two years, five? I couldn't venture to to guess. Um, it's one of those things where when they decide to do it, they'll let us know. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, and they're so caught up right now with now that the distillery's been it's finished with the expansion it's back up and running that it's kind of like pushed back (laughs) as far as like their priorities so um i mean it's it's i enjoy when we do them um 
I mean, I think the single barrels are great. I just think the small batches are really what's cool about the limited edition lines that we do. Cause like I said, it, it just showcases what we're able to do with our, um, you know, with our processes. Okay. Well, everyone that's Nicholas Talamontes, I want like to thank him again for coming on and bringing yeah. such an incredible selection. <laughs> He's a gentleman and very generous travel heavy. Nice. <laughs> again, thanks for listening to the whiskey smoke cigars whiskey good company tune in for new episodes every wednesday at 8 on vinyl draft radio follow us on instagram and stop by thewhiskeysmoke.com to learn more the whiskey smoke is a vinyl draft radio production the whiskey smoke with yuante curry is brought to you by el cubano cigars league city